blood moon has risen, it is time to tell stories of the strange and sometimes terrifying. A black cat brings us a true story. A vampire bat bites into a tall tail. An owl flies in a story from other worlds. This is Blood Moon Podcast. I'm your Blood Moon host, Andrew Carey. If you have a strange story or terrifying tale you want brought to life, please make your submission at bloodmoonpodcast.com. Now, turn up the sound and turn off the lights. Our animal totems have stories to tell. A black cat brings us a story that is purely based on my recollection. Long ago, I came across the story. However, the source and veracity of this account eludes me. Yet, it comprises many characteristics that we often associate with negative or demonic hauntings. I warn you that this story is disturbing. Ever since she was a young child, Melanie had been seeing spirits of the deceased. They were always benevolent, if not indifferent. By the time she was an adolescent, her abilities in mediumship increased. Melanie's family moved to a new apartment. She was excited about the move because she finally had her own bedroom with an attached bathroom. Everything about her life seemed to be going well. Until a month later. An oppressive atmosphere permeated throughout the environment, and soon thereafter, it began to affect Melanie. A deep depression began to take hold of the young girl and she developed an unpleasant attitude. Her new personality was in stark contrast to the joyful child she once was. The malaise grew and affected life outside of home. Melanie lost interest in school to the point of receiving failing grades. In addition to the heavy debilitating feeling, Melanie began to hear voices emanating from her closet. The increase in unexplained activity prompted the young girl to turn to her new friend, Amy. Melanie expressed what she was sensing, 
as well as her struggle to break free of the ever-growing darkness. Amy revealed, You know, I can feel the negative energy around you, especially when we're in your room. As dire as that comment seemed, Amy injected the conversation with a positive outlook, stating that things will change for the better. Amy frequently stayed overnight in order to help lift Melanie out of the doldrums. One night, they decided to play around with a camcorder for a laugh. After recording, they played it back. Five girls hid under the covers. Someone or something was with them, watching. They could feel it. As they peered out from the covers, they could see the mirror in the bathroom slowly open, then slammed shut. The girls spent the rest of the night in the living room. At another time, a different friend had spent the night. Melanie was in a deep sleep when she suddenly woke up to the sensation of something sinister lurking in the room. Go away! Leave me alone! The sheets and blankets were ripped away from the bed. A tremendous force pushed the girl down. She struggled to resist. However, the invisible entity applied more pressure, suffocating its victim. The disturbance woke up her friend, and Melanie was immediately freed from the assailant. Hours later, Melanie was on the precipice of sleep when she felt something on the bed. They were gentle movements like those of a small animal. Melanie slowly peeled away the sheets and looked around. Her friend was sound asleep. She knew it was time to make a change. Sometime later, Melanie performed cleansing rituals to ward off the negative entity. Eventually, the gloomy atmosphere dissipated. Perhaps this was the end of the wicked oppression. After taking a shower one evening, Melanie went into her bedroom and looked into the closet mirror. In the reflection was a demented man. <gasps> a brilliant streak of light appeared as his devilish laughter filled the ear. <laughs> Stricken with fear, she bellowed and ran, taking refuge in her parents' room. 
Finally, she shared her experiences and discovered that her parents also had their own encounters. They had seen shadow-like figures skulking around the apartment, especially near her bedroom. The most disturbing discovery was that a previous tenant had practiced dark occult rituals, apparently opening a portal. Before we tell the next story, I ask you to help me keep the animal totems happy. Please subscribe, review, and tell your family and friends about Blood Moon Podcast. We also invite you to follow us on Instagram at the Blood Moon Podcast. Now, back to the stories of the strange and sometimes terrifying. Welcome back. Carrie Marie kindly shares her personal close encounter in The Grey and the Bear. forget this experience. It was summer before seventh grade, sometime in July on a Wednesday night or early Thursday morning. The evening before, my family had watched the old school show Unsolved Mysteries. I awoke in the night, but my eyes were still shut. I was laying on my right side, basically waiting to fall back to sleep again. It was completely silent. However, I decided to open my eyes. <gasps> On the right side of my bed, right there, was a being, seemingly fixated on a plush bear that I kept in bed with me. And this being fit all the descriptions I had always heard about or seen on television. It was short, with pale gray skin, and those awful eyes, huge, black, and slanted. It was staring at my bear. Honestly, I cannot put into words how I felt right at that moment. I was only 12 at the time. At some point, I pulled my covers over my head and felt a terrible rush through my body. The sensation was warm, then cool, and then warm again. Only later in my life did I understand that I was most likely feeling shock. 
I couldn't scream. I felt frozen, perhaps too scared to scream. What if I did scream? My mother and stepfather and two brothers would hear me. What the heck would they do if they came running into my room and saw this thing? What would it do? Is it going to kill me? Abduct me? What if it already had and they were returning me? All of these thoughts plus a million more just racing through my young mind. Again, how could I ever forget something dramatic like this? Being such a brave 12-year-old, and after what felt like 12 hours, I decided to try and scare it. I decided I would thrash my legs up and down, from under my covers as hard as I could. I remained under my covers, just waiting. I was so petrified. Nothing happened. This had to be going on for about two hours from when I first saw this thing. As I lay wide awake, I heard a noise. To this day, I still cannot explain exactly how it sounded. The sound felt as if it surrounded me and it was coming from outside. It was a crisp, clean sound. Maybe mechanical, but maybe not. It lasted only about two seconds. It was a sound that I definitely had never heard before, and definitely have not heard since. As soon as I heard the sound, something in my mind told me, Oh, they're gone. As crazy as it may seem, I firmly believe the sound was their transportation leaving. Needless to say, I didn't sleep for the rest of the night. It took me so long to confide in my family about this terribly scary incident. Of course, they did not believe me. However, now from time to time, my mother will mention it and suggest that maybe that's why I suffer from insomnia. It very well could be. Hello listeners. I am delighted to tell you about Blood Moon Craft. Blood Moon Craft is the strange and sometimes terrifying shop at Society6. You will find artwork and ghoulish goodies inspired by the tales told on Blood Moon Podcast. Every purchase will help the podcast grow. So check out Blood Moon Craft at Society6. are dying to sink their fangs into the next story. It's an old Danish folktale called Tales of Treasure.
There are still to be seen, near Flensborg, the ruins of a very ancient building. Two soldiers once stood on guard there together, but when one of them was gone to the town, it chanced that a tall white woman came to the other, and spoke to him, and said, I am an unhappy spirit who has wandered here these many hundred years, but never shall I find rest in the grave. She then informed him that under the walls of the castle a great treasure was concealed, which only three men in the whole world could take up, and that he was one of the three. The man, who now saw that his fortune was made, promised to follow her directions in every particular, whereupon she desired him to come to the same place at twelve o'clock the following night. The other soldier, meanwhile, had come back from the town just as the appointment was made with his comrade. He said nothing about what, unseen, he had seen and heard, but went early the next evening and concealed himself amongst some bushes. When his fellow soldier came with his spade and shovel, he found the white woman at the appointed place, but when she perceived they were watched, she put off the appointed business until the next evening. The man who had lain on the watch to no purpose went home and suddenly fell ill. And as he thought he should die of that sickness, he sent for his comrade and told him how he knew all and conjured him not to have anything to do with witches or with spirits, but rather to seek counsel of the priest who was a prudent man. The other thought it would be the wisest plan to follow the advice of his comrade, so he went and discovered the whole affair to the priest, who, however, desired him to do as the spirit had bidden him, only he was to make her lay the first hand to the work herself. The appointed time was now arrived, and the man was at the place. When the white woman had pointed out to him the spot, and they were just beginning the work, she said to him that when the treasure was taken up, one half of it should be his, but that he must divide the other half equally between the church and the poor. Then the devil entered into the man and awakened his covetedness, so that he cried out, What? Shall I not have the whole? Scarcely had he spoken when the figure, with a most mournful wail, passed in a blue flame over the moat of the castle, and the man fell sick and died within three days. The story soon spread through the country, 
and a poor scholar who heard it thought he had now an opportunity of making his fortune. He therefore went at midnight to the place, and there he met with the wandering white woman, and he told her why he was come, and offered his services to raise the treasure. She, however, answered that he was not one of the three, one of whom alone could free her, and that the wall in which was the money would still remain so firm that no human being should be able to break it. She also told him that at some future time he should be rewarded for his good inclination. And it is said, when a long time after he passed by that place and thought with compassion on the sufferings of the unblessed woman, he fell on his face over a great heap of money, which soon put him again on his feet. The wall still remains undisturbed, and as often as anyone has attempted to throw it down, whatever is thrown down in the day is replaced again in the night. Three men went once in the night time to Clamoy to try their luck, for a dragon watches there over a great treasure. They dug into the ground, giving each other a strict charge not to utter a word, whatever might happen, otherwise all their labor would be in vain. When they had dug pretty deep, their spade struck against a copper chest. They then made signs to one another, and all with both hands, laid hold of a great copper ring that was on top of the chest, and pulled up the treasure. When they had just got it into their possession, one of them forgot the necessity of silence, and shouted out, One pull more, and we have it! That very instant, the chest flew away out of their hands to the lake Storup, but as they all held hard on the ring, it remained in their grasp. They went and fastened the ring on the door of St. Olaf's church, and there it remains to this very day. Near Dangstrip, there is a hill which is called Dangberdons, of this hill, it is related that it is at all times covered with a blue mist, and that under it there lies a large copper kettle full of money. One night two men were there to dig after this treasure, and they had got so far as to lay hold of the handle of the kettle. All sorts of wonderful things began then to appear to disturb them at their work. One time a coach, drawn by four black horses, drove by them. Then they saw a black dog with a fiery tongue. Then there came a cock drawing a load of hay. 
Still the men persisted in not letting themselves speak, and still dug on without stopping. At last, a fellow came limping up to them and said, See? Tankstrup is on fire. When the men looked towards the town, it appeared exactly as if the whole place were in a bright flame. Then at length, one of the men forgot to keep silence, and the moment he uttered an exclamation, the treasure sank deeper and deeper, and as often since as any attempt has been made to get it up. The trolls have, by their spells and artifices, prevented its success. The Blood Moon is setting. Thank you, Carrie Marie, for sharing your story. You can read her account on Reddit. The first story, Enter the Demon, is purely based on my recollection. The names of the people are fictional. Tales of Treasure is in the public domain. Music and sound effects by Blood Moon Podcast. Other sound effects are from quicksounds.com. Thank you for listening.